This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is uh, the Aftershock Central Podcast, episode 19. I'm Martin, Jack's here, Ronnie's here. Hello. And, Hi. Uh, you know, I, I got done revising timelines. That, that's over. I lost my job. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, did, I got, I did got you. Did you screw up the present day because of your actions in the past? Is that why my life sucks so bad? No. I know I was supposed to be like famous. That was my intention and it didn't work out and I'm blaming you. Now, see, <laughs> what I did is I revised the timeline so that Aftershock would uh, announce a bunch of books. Okay. Good plan. See, you see how I did that? Mm-hmm. I like it. Master of the Segway. <laughs> so yeah we're back all together once again friends hey, man. <laughs> we just got done talking about marvel for uh 12 minutes <laughs> we're not gonna well, put you on know. the podcast it's fine talking about gold balls hey never has a character like gold balls received more conversation than it has amongst like our community lately I've heard gold balls mentioned left and right. Have you? you, you yeah, by and by you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, whenever there's balls, <laughs> you're there. Better be gold. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough with the Marvel talk, Jack. We're here to talk aftershock. Get with the program. I'm gonna edit all these midgets out into Ultimate Marvel podcast. What? What do? You, what do? You, yeah, I mean. I have to record with Nick to do a, have a Marvel podcast episode come out. So, <laughs> you know, Nick and I take over everything. We did uh, Rebirthically. We did uh, Marvel podcast. We did Aftershock Central. You did do Aftershock, did you? Yeah, yeah we sure did. We did you our. Did uh, we we talked about socks and sweaters for twenty minutes. That's yeah. because you can get Nick excited about anything. Whatever yeah. subject you bring up, man, he's fired up about it. I know it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Nick's the best. So let, let's talk some news. How about that? Go yeah. for it. Where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, Garth Ennis? That's cool. So Garth Ennis is a new book, guys. Yep. It's not a war book. Right. It's like a James Bond book. Yeah. But with clones. Yeah. In secret societies. Uh, the title's weird, though. I wonder how they came up with that. Jimmy's Bastards is what it's called. Um, did they announce a full creative team on that, or just, uh, just a writer? Um, just a writer, as far as I know. Yeah, I'm I think you're here. right. I'm, I'm looking at it now. They might not have anybody else yet. Don't they usually pick the writer and then let him yes. build his team or whatever? Yep, yep, yep. So it's, uh, Jimmy Regent is the main character. That's what it's Jimmy's Bastards. Mm-hmm. And he is Britain's number one spy. Super charming, super handsome, with a license to kill. And he finds out that there's a secret organization that came out of nowhere that are after him. And uh, the organization is comprised of hundreds of men and women who look exactly like him. Now I wonder, do the women look exactly like him, but with boobs? <laughs> That would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? That'd be kind of weird. But yeah, but I mean, oh. it's it's happened to Spidey though. 
That's <laughs> true. He wears a mask. Oh, yeah, but the girls don't. Hey, you guys go talking Marvel again. Spider Gwen <laughs> wears a mask. But she's not a Peter Parker clone, though. Or she's a Gwen Stacy. <laughs> oh, Lord. I guess you'll find Anyways. that at the end of Clone Conspiracy. <laughs> uh yeah no that's true that's true that's cool though it's uh i'm definitely looking forward to this one i know yeah, I wasn't, sounds good i wasn't too thrilled about dream eagles uh until i actually read the book but this looks a little more up my alley mm-hmm. a little bit of Me sci-fi too. a little bit of espionage should be cool yeah should be cool uh the other book that was announced also has an odd title Eleanor and the Egret. Yeah. Yeah. This is that's a, the one I see in that preview image for. Yes. It's uh, written by John Lehman with art by one of my favorite of all time, Sam Keith. Yes. Uh, did you guys read the Max ever? Oh, yeah. God, it's so good. Jack, have you read the Max? I don't think so. Man, it's like the weirdest freaking thing you'll ever read. But the art is just so cool, and uh, yeah. I'm I'm very excited to see Sam Keith on on something else. Because uh, I'm actually I'm buying the uh, they're reissued the Max they're doing this the Max maximized. Mm-hmm. It's like a recolored, remastered version of the original from the 90s. And uh, but other than that, like I don't know what else Sam Keith has done recently. I'm sure he's done something else. Yeah, but I mean, it's like a sprinkle here and there. It hasn't been anything, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he's had any like new books. Um, and then John Lehman's The Creative Chu, which you guys are Image fans, so I'm sure you've read Chu. Mm-hmm. Um, so two odd, two odd guys coming together to create a, a very odd book. It's about an art thief in Paris who partners with an egret, which is kind of like um, like a flamingo, I guess. Um, and apparently the flamingo gets bigger and bigger the more they steal stuff. Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> huh. Sort of Pinocchio-ish. Sort of Pinocchio-ish. Come on. Uh, how does not a magical llama that gets bigger and bigger <laughs> sound awesome? Are we are comic creators getting like they're running out of ideas? No, I don't think so. I think I think they're coming up with really cool ideas. Okay. To uh, I mean that's how you differentiate yourself, dude. You know you don't want to do the same crap everybody else is doing. Yeah, but if I pitched this, what you just said, if I pitched that, you'd be like, Jack, you're an idiot. No. <laughs> well, Actually, no. I'd be like, what? Tell me more. <laughs> uh, I like really weird crap. Um, I was talking to Daryl earlier about... Um, what's that show coming out? Legion? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Here we go with more Marvel talk. Uh, I know, man. It's Marvel. He's on a Marvel kick. He can't help himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my Marvel PJs right now. But uh, like, I, I, when I watch that trailer, I'm like... There's no way that anybody is going to watch this show. This show's going to get canceled in like six episodes. Um, yeah, because you know it's like it's not quite based on the comic. 
Yeah. And then the look right. of it is just very out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has potential. Oh, I think I'm I'm excited to watch it. I think it has the right channel too, or the right uh, not channel but studio to put it out. Mm, yeah. Anyways, Eleanor and the Egret seems like one of those things where like you look at the cover and you're like, okay, and the title doesn't tell me much about it, mm-hmm. but the concept really intrigues me. And again, yeah. Sam Keith, so you know whatever hey, Sam Martin. Keith pulls out, I'll buy it. Sam Keith, last book that he did mm-hmm. was um, Batman Through the Looking Glass. Oh, wow, that's been a while. And then he did art on Batman 38 in 2015. <laughs> huh. I'm going to have to go and reread that. Oh, I forgot all about that. I remember that issue. <laughs> Do you? No. <laughs> I've read maybe ten Batman comics my entire life. Oh, dirty words. Thirty-eight was that right before Endgame or around Endgame? Yeah, I'm looking at the cover. I'm looking up the cover right now. Yeah, because I think uh, Bunny Batman was forty-one or forty-two, so that had to be around Endgame. It's actually Endgame part uh, part three was thirty-seven. So mm, yeah, cool. Yeah, I love Sam Keith. So we'll see how this book goes. I like that uh, that Aftershock is taking chances with oh, yeah. with the type of story, mm-hmm. um, just based on the creator, right? You know, and I know maybe for some people, just the creator isn't enough, uh, but I think for me it is. And this is a this is a great creative team. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Definitely sounds interesting. That one is. Well, uh, I guess April solicits aren't out yet because uh, Diamond's slacking. But uh, it's coming out April 5th is the first issue. So that's pretty quick. Yep. This must be and done. Done, 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 done. And we got Blood Blister coming up around the corner, too. Yeah, Blood mm-hmm. Blister comes out on the 1st of yeah. February. So that'll be exciting. That's one that I I wasn't that interested in until Phil Hester explained it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm extremely into it. Mm. interested in it did you hear the interview with him were you on that you weren't on that i was you? not on that but i did i did listen it was quite good yeah he really sold that book i uh, i recommended it to a lot of non-aftershock fans um just based on the stuff that phil was talking about so yeah that's good good guy. it wasn't paul was it uh i did not talk <laughs> to paul about it no okay good Paul hates everything, so. <laughs> Until he has, like, that one weird day where he's like, okay, I'll read it. Like, he hates X-Men, and all of a sudden, like, he loves Age of Apocalypse. Yep. <laughs> he's or got like an opinion night. or two. Or, yeah. like, last night, he read Captain America, and now he's like, I love Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a Marvel podcast. I was I like, well, who? America. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's not reading the current stuff. I wonder how he feels about that. He hates it. Sure <laughs> come on that's like the the given answer right yeah, yeah he'll hate it until we all quit talking about it and he's like oh you guys should go read this <laughs> um, anyway so yeah so Blood Blister's coming out that's pretty exciting as well um, there's a few other things coming out that haven't been announced though um, yeah. I know there's a well Adam Glass right so that's uh, Rough Riders coming out 
again. Mm-hmm. The Fighters Nation. Yeah. Um, and there is a new Justin Jordan book uh, to be announced. Ooh. Mm. You know anything else? I know nothing else. Now, it's not Rough Riders Nation. No, not Nation, because Nation's a one-shot. Na- Nation's the free comic book day one. Yeah, there's a new there's a new team, a new Rough it's Riders like, team coming it's out. It's like season two or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like Riders in the Storm or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But it's a whole new cast of characters, right? Um, uh, I don't know about is, that. Is it? I don't know, I'm asking. I don't, I, I don't. I don't know if we have I, enough info on that yet. Yeah, I, I don't. I remember that uh, that preview image they had, and they had all these different potential Rough Riders from all these different eras that made led me to believe that hey, they could expand this storyline into multiple different generations and just say okay. I mean, even modern day, they could do a modern day Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. They, I think they had they had a couple people. I don't have it in front of me, but that's a that's Nation though. Right, right, right. See, but writers about... in this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, go ahead. Because I... I thought that the cover that they previewed was. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe it was just a cover of the last one where they're all in the old time wooden coffins. Hmm. I thought that was the which was the current team. But um, what's his name? The gangster guy. You know what I'm talking about? They they threw out um, that Teddy threw out the first. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah yeah yeah. Because uh, I yeah, saw right. I saw that they yep. were previewing that that he was going to come back and be a key point in it. Yeah, you're right. I I see the cover now and it's the same characters. I want to make a recommendation for uh, Rough Riders fans. I know Ronnie, you watch the show. Jack, I don't know if you watch it. Well, I don't know if you've seen it, Ronnie. I'm assuming you did. Uh, Timeless? Have you guys watched uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched Timeless. Or you cannot uh, say a comic or a show that Ronnie. Run, well, that that's all I do anymore is <laughs> eat, sleep, work, and read comics, <laughs> and watch TV shows on my lunch break. Air quotes. <laughs> lunch break. Um, but Rough Riders gives me that, or uh, Timeless gives me that Rough Riders feel. It's not quite the same, uh, but like I was watching, it just came back from the uh, mid-season hiatus. Uh, this this past week, and they went back to the Chicago World Fair, and Harry Houdini was in it, um, and they were they teamed up with him to chase after H H Holmes, um, uh-huh. which I don't know if you guys are, f- are familiar with the character with H H Holmes, uh, uh-huh. but he was uh, pretty much like the first American serial killer. Yep. He built the hotel at the time of the Chicago World Fair, and they had like all these secret tunnels. Um, and like gas nozzles in all the rooms and stuff like so people would go to the World Fair and like nobody would ever see him again yeah it's uh, uh, American Horror Story season is about H.H. Holmes oh is it American Horror Story Hotel I think interesting yeah. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll catch that but yeah anyway that show gave me that, uh, that Rough Riders feel because they always have historical figures that they team up with um, and matter of fact, the in the Houdini episode, uh, Roosevelt was in it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the they they tricked the team to go after Roosevelt, um, but it was actually they were after somebody else. Um, actually, Thomas Edison was in the episode. 
Wow. Because um, Thomas Edison, J.P. Morgan, and uh, Ford were, are members of the secret society or whatever that um, they're trying to change the future against. Oh. And uh, so those three were part of the uh, the secret society, and Harry Houdini kind of helps the team get out of that. So oh, sounds just like Rough Riders. <laughs> See, we've we said that since episode one, like Black Eyed Kids and Rough Riders TV shows. It's yeah, like a layup. You. I'm telling you, It'd be mm-hmm. amazing. So anyway, timeless, well worth watching. I know Mike yeah. loves it. Yeah, I do too. Um, is that it for the news? Um, yep, I think so. Wow. I mean, that was a lot of news. Like, that is a lot of bam, news. Bam, 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 you know? Compared sure. to uh, the usual. Um, and I know that this week is uh, Comic Comics Pro. The, yes. Uh, the summit for retailers. Uh-huh. And Aftershock is presenting there. There is a Comics Pro exclusive variant for Blood Blister. Yep. Uh, so if you're into variants, you should be on the lookout on eBay for that or mm. contact your shop. Uh, Isn't there also um, Animos- Animosity, the Rise 1, 2, or is it just Blood Blister? I thought, I thought that Rise was just the, the book that's coming out next week. Okay. So it's the... Uh, what is I it? I can't remember. You might be right. There, I, there might be a Stealth... No, Stealth Freeze is the, the regular cover. Okay. Um... I know for sure the Blood Blister one because I was on yes, Twitter yeah. and um, my buddy Chris, who runs uh, the Boom Addiction podcast, um, he goes to the same shop that I do and he, he was tweeting at me and, and our shop about it. So we'll see if I can get a copy of it. But, cool. Uh, yeah, Blood Blister. Oh, Animosity of the Rise does have uh, fried pie comic experience. That, yeah, okay. That's what it is. So I was confusing the two so cool so so it's just blood blister on comics pro yep yeah yeah, yeah. um i don't think fried pie that's not an actual shop is it or yeah i thought so i thought they were part of you know it might be for some reason i thought fried pie was a part of an organization and they just because they put out variants kind of like uh four color grails was oh because they're like second and charles or whatever yeah, that's what it is. Second and Charles, yeah. Okay, okay. That's like their variant imprint, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, I do see it, yeah. The uh, Animosity of the Rise, Brian Stelfreeze. Because, see, I thought I was confused about that because I thought the Rise was just a uh, digital exclusive. Hmm. When, when it first announced. But, Interesting. I mean, I'm glad it's not. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for the people that read floppies and whatnot floppies <laughs> <laughs> floppies and gold balls all around <laughs> um cool you guys ready to talk about some books yeah no <laughs> jack is unprepared no i'm i'm all ready man i got i got black eyed kids number 10 right here in front of me all right cool so let's talk what? about black eyed kids number 10 and Jack. silence. Yeah, I, I didn't say I read it. I just said I had it. Oh <laughs> my goodness! I'm just kidding. I've read it. I have read it. Now you've made Joe angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Black Guy Kids number ten. Uh, let's see, Joe Pruitt, uh, Simon Kudrowski again. Um, 
Anything you guys want to talk about on this book? It brings a lot of questions answered, but then, kind of like it always does, rises more questions. <laughs> Good point, yeah. I think that's one thing that Joe's doing really well with this book, um, is... You know, you, you have like an issue with big reveals, and then you have a couple issues with a lot of questions. And then you'll have the one issue that answers all those questions and then leaves you hanging with some more. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, so you want to pick up the next one. Right. Um, I think it's really interesting. Um, what's the, uh, the black eyed kid that killed his family? Michael. 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 So I think the stuff with Michael is very interesting because he yeah. doesn't seem to be as hypnotized by uh, the, the God King child guy. Um, the as boy much as king. The boy king, as, as everybody else is, as all the other black-eyed kids are. Um, you know, because, like, he he let his sister go, mm-hmm. right? They, mm-hmm. met, they met at the house, and he was like, you got to get out of here before the, the other kids come. Um, so I wonder what his deal is. Yeah, he's so he was in the very first issue, right? Remember? Yes. When that's when he turned into a black kid, I think was issue number one, <clears throat> and he's sort of gone. He's sort of he's made appearances throughout the comic, but he hasn't been as central, seemingly as central as like the Boy King, or some of these other people. Mm-hmm. But he's he's been threaded throughout the entire issue, and now he's you know, becoming a little bit more relevant. I think Joe's been subtle, subtly kind of uh, preparing him for something big as this goes down. Yep. Yeah, he I agree. To, he has to be a big factor going forward. I agree. And, you know, I know this book hasn't been the biggest seller, but it seems like at least among the Aftershock community, everyone really digs it. I know for sure, you know, the three of yeah. us love this book, right? Yeah. Um. And I'm glad that it's getting, it, it's been given the room to breathe, right? Because yeah. We're, because we're, it, we're, go ahead, it, go ahead. I know, I know what you're saying. Because you know, like the rose is still pretty before it blooms, but when then once it blooms, then it's awesome. Look at this guy. <laughs> this A guy professional, with the right? Yeah. I don't know if that was relevant or not, but it sounded really cool. <laughs> well, I mean, like at the beginning, you know, it was a whole bunch of questions, 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 where I could right. see like a common reader yeah, might not get the whole complexity of the issues and dive deep into it and just, yeah. you know, it'd be a skim read. Yeah. Yes. But Oh, I did I did that at first. When we first started reading this, I was wasn't digging in to it as deeply as I needed to. Once I did, though, it did what you said. Really opened right. it up. Exactly. See, once you actually read it, then you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like we're so used to uh, not us, but you know, <gasps> comic fans in general, so used to just uh, getting those quick stories. Mm-hmm. You know, just to yeah. get the book out, kind of, or you know, to, to get them ready for trade. And so you end up missing a lot of subtleties. And it seems like when writers are given the space to actually tell the story, uh, regardless of whether they do it in the uh, you know four or five or six issue arc format, um, but when they can tie in the overarching story, it, it tends to make the book better. 
right. uh, if you stick with it, right? Like you'll you'll definitely have those questions because you can't have all the answers given to you right away, right? Right. Whereas if you if you want to do just like a popular book, then you're gonna get those uh, things answered because people want the answers. And after a while, if you don't give them answers, then they just kind of leave your book. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't have the patience to wait, you know, 6, 10, 15, 20 issues to get an answer out of the book. Right. Um, and that just kind of leads to some of the crap that we get in comics now. Yeah. But, like, with Meredith, we've seen her from issue two, I think, on. Mm-hmm. And we still don't. We know kind of her past, but it's still kind of a mystery too. Right. And with like Gus, he still has stuff going on, so we kind of know a little bit, but we just know enough to tease us that we want to know more. And I think that's the mystique of it, because once the curtain is all the way pulled back, then you know that mystique leaves, I guess. Right. Well, and it's harder with an ensemble cast, too. Um, because if you have only a few characters to talk about in your story, mm-hmm. um, then you can get to some of that stuff quicker. Um, and, you know, what Joe does with this book is you have a, a big cast, but they don't all appear in every issue. Right. So some issues focus more on, you know, like some might be more about Michael, some might be more about. Um, Gus, some of you more about the family, some might be more about, you know, this crazy black eyed kid that was in jail. Um, Some are more Meredith heavy, you know, whatever it might be. Um, And I think that's that's a good way to do it for people that are interested in actually keeping up with the book. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because, like, we didn't see the the cop in this one at all. Right. And, I mean, he's, he's only had, like, one big issue where he was the focus. Right. Yep. Right. Even though we've seen him in a couple other issues. Right. Um, so I think that's good, and I think that's the way to really do an ensemble book well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it doing ensembles is hard, right? Because you have a lot of characters to keep up. You have to interweave a lot of the storylines yep. uh, in between characters and make them make sense to the overall plot of the book. Um, but yeah, I'm, I I really dug this last issue because there's a lot of things coming together. Um, and it seems like in the next one, we're gonna get some heavy action. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which, which I like. Like the the exposition and stuff is great. Every couple issues. Right. But I also want to do something action heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like so. So like Walking Dead does this, right? Um, That's funny. You have like an exposition thing, and then you have heavy action, and you have people dying, and you have exposition. Like it's always the same formula. Um, and this book doesn't quite follow that. Right. Uh, but I think with Walking Dead, when they do the exposition stuff, it's pretty boring. Whereas yeah. here, even through the exposition, you're kind of like at the edge of your seat wanting to know right. what's going on, right? Yeah. The title that does that, well, that comes to mind when you explain it that way for me is East of West. Do you read that? Oh, I love that book. It'll it'll go through, it'll have tons of action Mm-hmm. And then go have a couple issues that are almost lulls that seem <laughs> like, you know, it's cool because he's built such a an interesting world, mm-hmm. which which uh, Hickman's great at. Um, oh, yeah. But then nothing really happens through like two or three issues. And 
but you got to have an all you got to have an ongoing some of these aftershock titles are uh the runs are so short that you don't have time to really let it uh grow like that but black eyed kids has had time to do that well that's nice. kind of, that's kind of the game you play though right yeah. Because you, with a with a small publisher, you don't know how many issues you might have, right? Yeah. If the, if the book doesn't catch on, you might only get the four or five to tell your story, right? Right. So you might have to switch gears halfway through and yeah. find some kind of conclusion. <clears throat> Which, see, it, I said it was funny because you said The Walking Dead, but like when I read Black Eyed Kids, and I see Gus, and I read Gus, I um. So if they ever do do a TV show, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna put it in Joe's ear to cast <laughs> Chad Coleman as Gus. <laughs> so you hear that, Joe? Chad Coleman as Gus. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, because I just see like that voice and that mystique. Mm-hmm. He didn't really do that with Tyrese on The Walking Dead, but yeah. He has on other stuff that he's been on, you know. So yeah, I can like see his that. command and voice, and you know. Right. So that's because you know you do that with everything. At least I do. It's he's like, been he's been pretty good on Arrow. Yeah. I'm sure you guys aren't watching that. I think a lot of people are watching that. <laughs> I did. No, no, I'm um I'm only like two or three episodes behind, but okay. yeah. Yeah, he's good in that. Yeah. Cool. So that's uh, Black Eyed Kids. Do we need to rate this? Do we? Do we, we anymore? Is, is it guaranteed that every time it's at least four stars? Yeah. For me, it is. <laughs> I mean, there's books that come out like a week that's on my stack that's like I grab and read right off the bat. Mm. And this is always one of them. Yeah. Yeah. What's our scale? It's been so long since we've done ratings. What do we do? One to five? Yeah, one yeah, to we five. Do the Netflix, Netflix scale. Rating. Yeah. Cool. I'd say four. Yeah, I'll say four. I expect the next issue to be higher. See, I'm going to go a little bit higher than you guys, like with the 4.25, because this is Meredith and her brother's like first encounter. Let me ask you, Ronnie, how much Netflix do you watch? Do you ever see 4.25 stars on Netflix? <laughs> well, that's because I can't click a little half st- or a quarter of a star. And you can't give quarter stars here. Ronnie. I can do what I want. <laughs> they, they show quarter stars on Netflix. You can't give it four and a quarter, but you see four and a quarter well, once it averages out. That's because they must have terrible programmers that don't know how to uh, round up or down when you get the average rating. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. Black Eyed Kids was awesome. Let's talk about Shipwreck. Awesome. This was yeah. my favorite issue so far of Shipwreck. I agree. Because I, I did the first two. I know you guys loved it, but it, it sort of felt to me like uh, just being odd and weird for the sake of it. And the story wasn't really going anywhere. I couldn't make any sense out of the story. But three kind of tied everything together. Now, which is good for me. This is how many issues is this? Is it five? Oh, is it a mini? The, the mini? I thought, I thought it was a mini. Yeah, it's a mini, but I don't know if it's five or six. How do you know that? I thought I had read that somewhere. Because it doesn't say anywhere in the... Anywhere Didn't like Phil three or five. Or... Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I think Phil said that. 
we always have this problem with Astro- Aftershock comics that we maybe well, they I maybe know they don't that, determine it. Determine I know it, that Captain yeah. Kidd is five. Right. Because the last panel of this of four said next issue, final issue. Right. So. Mm-hmm. But like Dreaming Eagles, you knew from the very first issue it said on there one of six. Right, right, right. Hmm. Anyways, let's get back to this book. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't really matter if it's a movie or not. Like I said, I don't care. I just want books. Um, I know what you mean, though, Jack, because this this issue gives... I don't want to say a lot of answers, but it does give some answers, and it actually manages to tie in some of the weird, wacky stuff that we've seen in the first two issues into some kind of understandable story yeah are we um, doing spoilers oh yeah we'll spoil this yeah when did this come out two weeks ago yeah i think it's been out long yeah. enough yeah so it's alternate realities right well is it because i'm not quite sure um and that's kind of what i mean by it gives answers but maybe not um, because that's that's kind of what I thought originally. Like this was a different place, um, either a different planet or a different alternate Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you get to the stuff where they start talking about um, the the project uh, that this character is working on, because he finds the dead body of one of his uh, one of the other scientists, right, that was working on the project with him, right. Um, and that's when you get the stuff that happens before what we see in the opening issue. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of gave me the feeling that maybe none of this stuff is actually happening. That a lot of this is in his, in his head. Um, because when he, he ends up meeting that inspector again. Right. Uh, that we saw in the first issue. Um, and he's talking about um, what what did he say? Something about forward... Oh, God, let me find it. Uh, 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 uh. Welcome back, Ronnie. Well, they're trying to find uh, another planet that could sustain life, right? Yes. Um, see, I thought we were recording ultimate marvel podcast so now i'm like looking at this trying to recap my memory because ronnie likes to set me up for failure i didn't know we were doing aftershock (laughs) or i would have like read this right before we jumped on but somewhere in the comic somebody mentions that this is an alternate reality don't they like say that kind of point blank okay so so towards the end of the book right after we see after we find out that there's a dead body inside this uh rock thing in the middle of the road Right. Um, and we find out who the dead body is. Um, Shipwright does talk about... There's like a flashback scene mm-hmm. of when they were work, working on pro, uh, the project right. Forward Escape. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what they were trying to do was find a way to um, get to other planets. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess there's something going on. My assumption was, maybe I read too much into it, but something's going on on Earth where people need to get the hell out. Um, and 
that's kind of what this project does is mm-hmm. they're trying to find the new home for people and they find this spot in space um that's kind of like a black hole right um and when they go through it they found this place that was exactly like earth another earth right and it actually turns out to actually be earth like an yes. alternate reality earth yes like a parallel universe correct See, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you brought that up because guess what you know when shipwright is in the hotel yes and the little kids there reading the book yes it's called the alf right yes which is the actual real book yes about that whole scenario <laughs> yes so that's why i thought that this isn't happening mm. that doesn't work for me <laughs> you might you might be right you might be right though but the reason i like this issue was because that flashback i took that as canon and for me it helped me understand issues one and two. Oh, th- it still helped me understand issues one and two but it seems to me um all right so when he meets the inspector he says how is your forward escape working out so when i read that i'm thinking because he's moving forward trying to escape all these crazy fucking people excuse my language do i need to beep that out i'm not beeping that out so he's trying to I get it was here. escape earth no when he meets the inspector the inspector says how is your forward escape working out dr ship right okay right. and so when we get to the flashback scene we learn that the pro the machine that he's building is project forward escape right okay except when the inspector says it it's all lowercase when they're talking about the project, it's uppercase. Cause it's so it's a just a play game. on words, basically. It's a play on words. So I do believe that the project is real, that they're actually building the, this machine to get out right. of Earth. Um, but I think this story isn't taking place on an actual alternate Earth. I think what is going on here is what's happening to him and his team as they're going through this black hole. To uh, get to their final so like destination. In their subconsciousness. Correct. <clears throat> so the the inspector would be the AI that's talking to him or whatever, trying to help him, or maybe even his anchor of his conscious to help him Interesting. get it through. Could, yeah, it could be either one. Either one. Right. Um, but I think it's just the process of going through this black hole is just distorting their... Yeah mental reality okay and so he's he it's like a dream you know like when you have dreams people analyze dreams and i don't believe in like dream meanings um but i do believe in in analyzing your dream as a way to for your subconscious to kind of make sense of your reality yeah okay and so i don't know like people have meanings like birds means like you want to be free or something whatever whatever that means okay <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy that right but like let's say you know you had a really tough day at work and you know like ronnie you do like it stuff right so mm-hmm. let's say a bunch of d-bags called okay mm-hmm. and gave you a tough time well you know your brain needs to process that and turn it into a memory so that night you dream about like an alien invasion there's a bunch of aliens running at you with guns. Okay? <laughs> right. So, like, that's the way that your brain processes right. and yeah. under- makes un- uh, something out of your experience. 
Right, yeah. Okay. Um, does your brain thinks different? That's such a weird way to say it. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it, t- it takes some... I got you. Not yeah. uh, abstract and make it... There whatever. you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like when... Like, there's different <clears throat> learning techniques, right? Like, you can... If you turn something into, like, a song, you know, you might make... You might memorize something better. Right, right? yeah. Or like, Just like uh, when you listen to a song that you haven't heard forever, then it might take you back to that time or whatever. Right, absolutely. You know, so, like, sound cues and visual cues really help you understand memories and bring them back. And I think that's really what the same thing that's going on here. Um, I think mm. all, all this stuff is kind of Shipwright's way of understanding everything that led up to the creation of the project and them getting out of Earth for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to make sense of it in his head before he gets to this place. Interesting. In- including the birds and the including dream Including the birds, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you read it, Ronnie? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty... Yeah, especially since I noticed that the book that the kid was reading because like i said before even way back in like issue one when we noticed like the spiders and then the dead spiders right Mm -hmm. we know that phil just doesn't draw stuff just to draw stuff correct so like everything has the meaning in there and it wasn't and you know at first it could just be just letters on a book well if he's doing that then just make it little squibbly lines right and Mm -hmm. not a title itself so Mm -hmm. and then we actually look at it and it's almost to the T of like what they're doing, what, what the project is. Yep. And then if you, if if you look at like the backgrounds too, like when he's in this place, Mm -hmm. there's nothing in the background. Like you might see the birds and some smoke, maybe a couple rocks, but that's it. Right. Um, and then when you have the flashback to the project, like there's actual backgrounds, like you're in the place where they're building this machine. And like every room that he ever goes in, mm-hmm. in the Farscape or whatever, the walls or the rocks, whatever's in the background, is always cracked. Mm-hmm. Like the, like at so, the bar, there so, was broken windows and you know stuff like that. And like yeah, here at the right. hotel, even like in the lobby of the hotel, there's cracks everywhere. Yep. And then and then you go to the actual his actual room, and then there's cracks everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I did, So here's how I read this because I and I you know I picked up on those things too, but I read it a little bit differently. And even though you you guys' explanation I think works probably better than this, but um, my what I took from this was that they're trying to find they're trying to f- escape Earth, find a way to escape Earth. They're trying to find somewhere that's inhabitable, and they figured out they can't go forward to go somewhere, so they were able to figure out a way to go side parallel and jump to a, a parallel Earth like we already mentioned. But in my mind, I immediately went to like uh, shows or comics like The Flash, for example, in the show, when they jump to an alternate universe, the concept is that there's, there, the multiverse concept means that there's so many different like iterations of the same thing that some of them are just naturally just unusual and weird and there uh, there might be some that are seem normal but then there's other ones that just seem really odd um, compared to the world the earth you live on so the one he made it to 
is all those weird things. It's just a variation, a, a really unusual variation of the earth he came from. And I was expecting him to say, okay, this is not inhabitable the way we helped it to, and maybe we need to go try to find a different earth. Well, see, but that's why this book is so good, is because you can definitely have both interpretations, and they both make sense. Right. So sure, it, sure, it, really sure. de- it really depends on what it is that you're bringing along with you that gives you the different meaning on what the actual story is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, Ronnie brought up uh, the Aleph, the book that the, the hotel clerk is reading. Yeah. Norman Bates. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a good point. Um, and I've, I've never read the story, but I am familiar with the author. Um, so I'll tell you what the Aleph is. The Aleph is a point in space that contains all other points. Anyone who gazes into it can see everything in the universe from every angle simultaneous, simultaneous, uh, simultaneously, without distortion, overlapping, or confusion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So this might be something even more obscure than what we're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but I think just based on that book, you kind of, at least for me, I have to find the the more odd solution to what's happening here. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. but you can definitely read it as a straightforward story where he actually is in an alternate earth. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. So I think at this point in time, like halfway, let's say through the story, mm-hmm. uh, it could go either way. Uh, and, but you know, that's why I love, that's why I love Warren Ellis, dude. Yeah. Like he yeah. can, he can do these kind of stories. Yeah. Um, and just based on, my reading of other Warren Ellis things, um, I, I can't see it as just an alternate Earth. Yeah. Good point. Yep. yep. And we finally get the backstory for the main quote-unquote bad guy, I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not really like the backstory, but we finally get to see who he is instead of just the name. Yeah. Yep. But it... <sighs> I mean, and that sets up another building block of why does Shipwright not like him or why does that guy not like ship, Shipwright? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we saw that their ideas weren't the same. Right. But, mm-hmm. Or their philosophies, I guess, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's got to be more. And like you said, knowing Warren Ellison, whatever, that's just like a little seed. There's got to be more coming soon with that backstory between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yep. Awesome. How about we how about we read this story? Definitely. Uh, I'll go first. Alright. I'm gonna give this ten out of five stars. <laughs> can I do that? Nope. No. no, you can't do that. If I can't give four point two five, you're definitely not getting the ten. Uh no, I'm gonna give this a five for sure. This is this book is just incredible. I'll do a I'll do a four point five. It's good. I would have gave the other two before reading three. I would have gave the other two a lot lower. Right. We so need to rewind is... like twenty minutes where I said there are no <laughs> partial stars. None at all. <laughs> That's I'm fine. You guys can you guys can have your partial stars. Four point five six three. Oh my god! <laughs> Repeating. And I emphasize that last three. It's critical to my scoring <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> 
Uh, no, it's great. Like the story for me is perfect. The art is just incredible. Um, so I, I have to. Sorry, Joe. But shipwreck. Whew. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really. This good. is a great team. Phil Hester's is. This might be my favorite. As far as art tying into a story, this might has to be one of my favorite current mm-hmm. titles. The art's yeah. perfect for this. I hope they work together again, um, even if not on another shipwreck story, but something else. Um, although I guess Ellis is going to be a little busy for a while. Because yeah. he's doing uh, the Wildstorm for DC. Mm-hmm. So, which of course I'm going to read because Wildstorm was my jam, <laughs> especially the War and Ellis stuff. Yeah. Go read Planetary now. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Can mention altars. Did we talk about altars already? No, uh, we didn't. I don't think we have. But I got to give a shout out. I know that you guys were unprepared and didn't read Captain Kid number four. Yeah. No, but, shout out to uh, Brent Peoples. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. That's our boy. And honestly, I know you guys haven't read it yet, but you know we were kind of in the meh area for Captain Kid for like the first three issues. No. Give or correct. take. Let's correct that. You guys were. I think I okay. liked it the best. Okay. Continue. But I mean, okay. Anyways, I think four has been the best issue for me. Cool. Good. I look forward to reading that then. Yeah. And it might have to do with, you know, people's on the pages too. But The people's champion. <laughs> the people's champion. I hear he uh, hear he's working on something with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Way to be... Discreet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty discreet. He's working on something with somebody. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know he, he put out uh he put out an image. Spill it. No, I'm not spilling anything. Oh, you just <laughs> totally teased all our listeners. I'm not spilling anything. Because <laughs> even I don't know anything. Like he, he told me, oh, okay. God, it's been like a year probably. Yeah. Um, he's like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna work on this thing with this person. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, tell me more. He's like, I can't. So honestly, I know nothing. Right. Um, but I'm I'm very excited <laughs> for what these two people can do. Yeah. yeah. I love both of them. Yeah. So I kind of know, but like, because I talk to him probably once or twice a week. I would say like, yeah, message yeah. wise. Yep. I mean, I'm not gonna be like Daryl and Chris and like throw out I'm best friends with him like Tom King style, you know. <laughs> we have beers every, <laughs> every Wednesday. No, but like I do message him quite often or whatever, and he messages back or whatever. But I don't always like pry. I don't want to be that guy. Oh that, yeah. You know, if he's talking about Captain Kid Four, how you liked it, or you know whatever, I'm not gonna be like, oh well, since you didn't ask, how about this unknown project that you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, Brent's awesome, dude. He sent me uh he sent me one of those Exo Manowar prints that he did for Christmas. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got home and I was like, what the hell is this? It said <laughs> Brent Peoples. I was like, ah, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> and I this opened it up guy. and sure enough, yeah. So that's cool. Let's wrap the show up, guys. You don't want to talk alters? Oh crap. Well let me go pee then. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> At least he didn't take the mic with him. Yeah. So what are we gonna? Are we just gonna rate it? I feel like we talked about altars. We didn't talk about altars because that we didn't was. Did talk uh, about it at all? That we were planning on it, and then <laughs> that's when like the holiday season started. 
Yeah. And then we didn't record, and then Nick and Martin did the invasion thing. I wanted to mention it because this is my favorite Aftershock title right now. Is it? Yeah, especially with the last issue. With the his his uh his brother finding yeah. out that his brother has powers also. Yep. Which he has the perfect powers for his disability, being able to move stuff with his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was a big reveal. Yeah. Yeah, if you were what, paralyzed, what better power could you have than you know, I can move things with my mind. It's perfect. Right. It's like uh yeah, this is only three issues deep and it's really complex as well. Yeah. Now his brother also picked up on the fact the picked up on the transgender stuff because he said in one of the panels he wrote a message to him. He said, "You're a chick, I'm a cripple. Sucks to be us." Yeah, well that's because it it goes in with his powers, right? Yeah. What? Oh. What? oh. Oh, you mean like mentally? Yeah. Because yeah. huh. I, I just thought maybe, well, I guess not. I guess I just assumed that he could read minds and move stuff with his mind. Like it's like his whole thing was, the whole brain part was overhyped. Yeah. I, <sighs> that works. I didn't think but, about that. But, that, that but was... then again, I mean, if you're in the chair and you're just observing all day, then you notice things that other people don't. So, right. that, I mean, then that's not really a superpower. Yeah, well, could be either. What do you think, Martin? I don't know what we're talking about. The brother in the altars that's paralyzed. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were saying that he has the perfect power. Being able to move things with your mind is the perfect power for somebody who's paralyzed. And Ronnie was wondering if he also can read minds because he figured out that he the, his trans, transgender transformation and nobody else knows yet. So you know how when we read Alters 1, I said this is like what what made X-Men good back in the day? Yeah. Uh, so the more I read this, the more I agree with that statement. Yeah. And her brother, his brother, her brother is like Professor X. Yeah, I can see that. You know, or like, hmm. maybe not quite. I guess yeah. um, the the guy that runs the the mutant or the ultra organization would be like the Professor X type guy. Right. Um. I don't, no, I, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. The, the power set with her brother is similar. Yeah. Um, and I, I totally agree. I think not only he can move things, but he can read minds, um, and he can affect the way people see and think of things as well. Yeah, um, I think that's. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that statement. Because Jack was saying that this is his favorite aftershock title. Right now. Right now. Yeah, it's definitely up there for me. Uh, so if top if three can, for sure. If he can move things with his mind, why can't he walk? Because <laughs> well, he should be able to move himself, right? But what would be the point of that? I mean, he can move his wheelchair. Wouldn't that be less effort than? Why can't if you can move a wheelchair? Why can't you move your legs? Mentally, I mean, motor, good. motor functions. Yeah, I mean, which is harder? <laughs> well, I would I mean, think if you if you can, he should at least even if he can't move his body the way it's designed to move mentally, he should be able to make it move and do what he wants it to do. Sure, but 
why bother with that? I wouldn't be as interesting as a story, I guess, but... Well, I think what Martin's saying is, like, that's simple stuff when he can do extraordinary things. Well, because it, he... Well, but he's limited, because he's stuck in a, a wheelchair. That's Well, yeah, but... He has okay, to have, so say, like... But he's not like, limited because of his power set. Yeah, yeah but... but he but needs say like, like ramps that. and stuff to get down the stairs. He can't even yeah. be in the same room with them. But say like Emma Frost, for example, right? Where she's throwing yeah. out the projection <laughs> the whole time. By the way, hubba hubba, continue. <laughs> 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 yeah, but like um, it takes most of her concentration just to do that projection. So don't waste it on so, things. So yeah, don't waste it on <laughs> moving your legs and walking back and forth. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, stop. This, I mean, this is Marvel talk now, but what about in, segue. In, in Death of X with that whole thing with Cyclops? Well, obviously she's like a level five mutant, but... <laughs> Anyways, back to Aftershock. <laughs> but I mean, that was, that was just my example. It's like it's too exhausting or too much of a strain for him to do that yeah. than to do something else. Well, what I'm getting at is he's at some point there's going to be a showdown with Chalice and what's the Matter Man? Is that the villain's Matter name? Man. Yep. And he's going to need help. So I'm thinking his brother could be potentially a big help to help him defeat this guy. But um, if he's not able to get to the place where the guy is, it's sort of going to be tough. Hmm. Well, so we'll see. We'll see. I want to see where it goes because right now he's been. Uh, and maybe he's just putting up a little bit of a front um, because he doesn't want people to know what his powers are. But so far, he's sort of limited in his house, and he still has people helping him to get around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, I think that's by choice, though. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He might maybe he's putting up a front. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if it might come out in later issues that he's done things outside <laughs> or influenced things outside of that environment that yeah. we don't, that's not even aware of really yeah sure. yep by the way my favorite panel in mm-hmm. this issue mm-hmm. is uh the obligatory uh panel of uh penis coverage <laughs> yeah when when nine and the other um alters are show up to catch that one alter guy that's turning yeah and his his face is blocking nine's uh, areas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love when they do that in comics. Yeah. I thought I thought maybe you were talking like when he's daydreaming at work and he's drawing donkey. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Martin loves gold balls so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> do love me some gold balls. All right, let's rate this one up then. I'll go first. Me. I'll go first. I'm giving it a four, five, and I'd like to go higher, but I've reserved my fives for something that's incredibly special. But this is right under that, so four, five. Fair enough. Four, five, four, seven, five, maybe even. Wow. <laughs> Point. 4.732897. No, no, no. That's a little bit too, too high. <laughs> Ronnie? I'm going to give it a four and a half also just because um like you said the excitement still there like each issue feels like it's a new revolution plus mm-hmm. the art on it is fantastic mm-hmm. 
I'm going to give this a 4.333 repeating. <laughs> um, I agree with everything that was said. I, I just I love this book. It, every issue is tons of fun. Um, there's not like a whole lot of depth uh, per se, but that's not to mean that the characters aren't deep. Right, um, right. It's just like the exploration is, is slow and steady. <clears throat> um, but a lot of it revolves around the story with these altars, you know, and Octavian and, and Matterman and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, and the art is great. And we might have somebody that works on this book on the podcast soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess that's it. That is it. I, I mean, I'm good. If you guys are good. I'm always good. <laughs> I don't know about that. this has been the uh, Aftershock Central Podcast with Martin Ronnie and Jack you can find us all on the Twitter machine of course at Jack Sutherland at Ronbot316 at Geekvine show at Aftershock at Aftershock Pod and uh, you can email hello at nerdlegion.com and if you're an Aftershock fan, be sure to head to the Aftershock Comic Fans Group on Facebook, mm-hmm. where uh, where Ronnie posts all the Aftershock news before anybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the news is so good we post it twice. That's right. Within the same like 30 minute span. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> we'll catch everyone uh, in a couple weeks. Yep. Yep. Bye. <laughs>